Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Fallison, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of the B2B SaaS company, VAM, that's focusing on video messaging for sales. I started this podcast because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO, and therefore, I know that I need to learn from the best. So with that said, let's jump into the episode. Hi, my name is Sven Lackinger from Sastrify, and you're listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi Sven, how are you? Good, Joseph, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to having you here. So, let's start with telling the audience right now, who are you, what is Sastrify, and please do the elevator pitch. Yeah, my name is Sven, I'm a founder at Sastrify. What we do is we help companies buy their software solutions as fast and easy and cheap as possible, which is especially in today's times, um, yeah, a very fruitful fruitful topic to address. So we typically target customers from about 100 FTE um, up to five or 10,000. Um, I think there the, the important part is, obviously you need some SaaS spend for us to get working on. Um, so anything from like north of maybe, yeah, 250, 300,000 euros a year, um, that's already the, the, the sweet spot there. It already starts making a lot of sense to work with us. Thank you, Sven. But we are not here to talk about Sastrify as a company. We are here to talk about the job of leading a company. And I want to learn from you. So let's dive in to the part about... Uh, I'm a quite nerd when it comes to rituals and my mornings, etc. What do you do for things or ritual to ensure that your day is going to be the best possible day? How do you start your days? Well, I tend, uh, unfortunately, I'm not an early riser, um, but I force myself to be one. Um, that's, the, that's, I think, the, and I really use the first hour or so uh, to get stuff done. I think that is, uh, that is what works really well for me. Um, so basically, I don't start calls before 9 a.m., uh, ideally, and then use the time between like 7.30 and 9 to really get, get some stuff that I really want to focus on done. Um, that really helps me uh, to yeah start in all the meetings and Zoom calls uh, on a yeah in a more positive mood. Nice. And, and do you things like uh, breathing exercise, meditation? Do, do you do some some sort of things like that to get in the right state before the day? Uh, unfortunately, not. Um, I wanted to start. Uh, wanted to start it already a couple of times, but uh, then I got always sucked into uh, just just daily business. Um, so it's still on my still on my to do list uh, to get that sorted. I understand. Okay, if I were going to take your phone right now and we look at it together, what top three apps would I see you using the most on your phone right now? So right now, I mean, besides the besides the obvious ones, um, for me, and what, still... is, what is the, what is the obvious ones? Please tell me. <laughs> so the, the the obvious one is actually. It's definitely WhatsApp um, on, on one part. Um, I think it's... Okay, so we have uh, one? So, yeah, it's definitely Slack um, and it's also Asana. Uh, this is basic. Those three are definitely the main, so the main communication ones, uh, both professionally and private. 
Okay. And then if we would move on to your computer, what website or desktop apps are your top apps right now, Sven? So I don't use almost, yeah, I use almost no desktop apps. It's all on the browser. So it's also always Google Chrome. That's that's the the the, the easy task there. The only quite, desk, quite classic. Yeah, the only desktop apps I really use is Slack, Asana, and Notion. Um, but even there, I find myself uh, more often on the uh, on the browser tab actually. So, so you 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 are a true Slack and Asana user then? I would yeah, guess. Yeah, definitely. So I even I even do my private life in Asana. Um, wow. So if I if I have to go and uh, schedule a dentist appointment, you will find yeah. that in my private Asana. So, so so you would say you you are you are quite structured, with other words, if if you have everything in Asana and also the private life in Asana. Yeah, I try. So if I don't do that, I might forget it. So it depends if I'm structured or if it's the tool <laughs> that structures me. Um, but no, that's yeah, definitely um, helpful. And. Regarding, you said Google Chrome. If we, we if we skip desktop apps, what 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 web pages are are you most within Google Chrome? Where, where do you, where what type of content or solution gets your attention? Um, I think for me, a lot of what we do. So what we definitely use is I use obviously Gmail in Google Chrome. So I don't use any other like email provider for that. So that's my main. That's probably where I spend most of my time, somewhere in in terms of Google email, but also um, Google Meets. So I'm not a big Zoom guy, uh, at least not yet. Um, and on the other hand, I think, yeah, obviously HubSpot um, is our main CRM. So HubSpot and then uh, Workable on the recruiting side. So this is probably where I spend most of my time. Nice. An interesting question, at least from my angle, that I'm working with sales, I'm having a video messaging company, etc. If I want to do a, an outreach to you, and if I'm listening to this right now, and also I, I want to get Sven's attention, what is the best way to do an outreach to you and get your first interest? And, and I, I already think where it's going because I you told us where you spend your most time. So, so how would the best possible outreach be done to you? So the, yeah, definitely email. I think direct email. I still read it. Um, you might. I started blocking everybody where I'm not interested in, uh, so I don't end up in 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 the automated sequences. Um, so that is. Uh, so, but I, I read those emails, right? If you get a good, if you get a good, um, basically, yeah, first line, um, then I can definitely. I, I read through them, and then if I consider it relevant, uh, I might even answer it. Uh, it's more difficult on LinkedIn, to be honest, because there it's just too many messages. Um, yeah. So I still try to read them, but there I almost ignore everything. Uh, quite classic. And regarding e email, if it's a well-written email with a good topic, would it help to have a video included too? That's a definitely. Uh, that's a definite yes. Um, but I think, especially on the video, the first or basically the. The Giphy or the first part of the first thing you see, the picture or screenshot of that video, that's probably the most important one. So if that looks sympathetic, then I might uh, then I might actually watch it. Good. Thank you for the answers regarding this. And let's move on then, Sven, to more on a company level and you managing your company. How do you disponate your working time 
regarding your different departments and focus areas at uh, Sastrify today. So I'm fortunate because I also have a co-founder and we um, we split our, our areas quite um, thoroughly. So Max is in charge of tech product and HR, uh, which leaves sales, marketing, operations and finance on my side. Um, and there I typically, right now, I, I finally have a great leadership team in place uh, for all of those. So what I do mostly is basically weekly weeklies with the responsible person for those departments. And then anything that's, um, it, that requ- requires my attention, so workshops or where they need input. Um, but typically we work a lot with weekly check-ins uh, and one-on-ones. Um, and then it's quite, I would say, still quite an even split depending on um, what is currently yeah, most relevant for us. And if we would dive deep here a bit and not be as high level, can you, can you please tell us when you, when you say weekly one-on-ones, et cetera, how long are your one If we start with that thing, how long are your one-on-ones? Because here, this is interesting for a CEO like me and I think other people. How, how have you built your schedule? So I do most of them um, on Mondays, typically. <laughs> uh, some some on Wednesdays. That is, uh, so basically we have, I have, two or three on, on Monday, and then I, have, I think one on Wednesday. We also have colleagues in the US, so sometimes it's more on the, towards the, the evening side. And how I like to work with it, we, for most of them, I actually also have an Asana project, um, and then everybody collects uh, topics in that Asana project, and then we basically build an automated agenda. Uh, so you can add the Asana task to the topic, uh, uh, to the project, and then you have an automated agenda to go through. And you can work on that task to to yeah discuss anything that's that's relevant there. At the same time, I think it's important to mention that we are a fully remote company, so a lot of what we do also works asynchronously. So we really try to avoid meetings if we don't have to take them, um, unless we need some more creative sessions. And when you say one-on-ones, is it like thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, oh, or sixty sorry. minutes? <laughs> yeah, uh, so typically it's forty-five minutes. Okay, ah, quite classic. I I do it the same with with my team and company. So good. And how come how come you chosen? Obviously, Monday is a quite um, common day to do internal things. But why Wednesday? Why why not another day? Well, that was actually um, by coincidence because Monday was already quite packed, um, and Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon tends to be because it's a US um, role. It's our VP of marketing, and she's based in Boulder, so uh, we try to work on that schedule. And I think there Wednesday was just the best option because Wednesday afternoons tend to be um, slower or like more more focused than uh, than the rest of the week. Thank you. And you you told me yes that. You try to disponate your time quite similarly between the different departments on that on your responsibility. Is it a fair split or is it like more sales right now? More market? What? what? I think yeah, it's it's to be fair. I think it's definitely focused on sales because that's also uh, I mean any anything you can read about where a SaaS founder uh, that's uh, that's responsible for. Uh, for the top line and growth should focus his time. Then I think sales and how to grow top line and, and AR should probably be number one uh, priority. So that's more or less where I focus on. That's also why sales was now the last role actually um, where uh, we went from founder-led sales to now actually 
I, I always like to call it professionally led sales. Um, so that's why that was the, the probably the that, department that, that where is, I focused most of my time. That is a label that I think is unfair to all the, all the founders <laughs> out there, like like we can't sell. Yeah, it's. I mean, as a founder, you always sell, right? You sell to employees, you sell to investors. Uh, but now seeing what actual sales leaders can do <laughs> and how they structure it, uh, that was quite a quite a learning. And I mean, to be frank. If we wouldn't hire people that can do it better than ourselves, then I think we would do something really wrong in, in hiring. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely a um, a very good a very good learning also for me still. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> point taken. So you said KPIs. You talked about ARR and focusing on the right things regarding the sales. Please tell me and the listeners what type of KPIs on a company level are the three most important for you today? So definitely signed ARR. Um, so it doesn't matter too much for me if it starts, uh, like if the contract starts next month or it's typically one month or maximum one and a half months out. So signed ARR is the most important uh, KPI for us. And then the second part for us is actually um, that we look at obviously churn or NDR. Um, so more like right now, it's still more churn rate uh, than NDR. And KPI number three, Sven. KPI number three for us um, is sales cycle time. So we really focus on how long does it take us from first contact, which is typically a 15 minute uh, discovery call to the actually signed contract. Because and how long really is it today? So Can't right say. now we're yeah we're about at about forty two forty three days, um, coming from somewhat like seventy days earlier this year. Uh, so a lot about this is how you structure your sales process and how you can increase speed there. Would you also say that it's partly because you are getting smarter regarding who is your customers too? Yeah, it's it's. Definitely finding the right customers or the right prospects. And then a lot of what we've worked on and the team has been working on for the last couple of weeks is um, process control and structure. So obviously prospects and customers don't really know what the next step should be if you're selling them a new product. So basically helping them understand, okay, this is the next, this is the next parts in that process. And this is how we can get there. This would be. This is probably what we focus on. Nice. Would you like to throw in one or two more top prior KPIs you think I and other people should should know about that you are focusing on and think important, or, or, or shall we say laser focus, or what you throw? Do you want to throw in something more? No, I think the the only other one that we're really looking at is what. So there's two other ones that we're looking at. Uh, on the on the sales side, it's definitely also average deal value or um, average contract value. So basically, for us, meaning what does a what is the average contract size that we sign with our customers? Uh, because that really depends on how much you can also spend with those customers. Exactly. Uh, that that's a pretty important one. And then on a broader company level, I think the D one. Uh, thing that every every founder should look at is also uh, current burn and current uh, balance on the bank account because that's especially also something, in these times. 
especially in these times. Um, and I think that's something that, uh, yeah, is, is also really important just to, to keep in mind and stick to plan. So really question, okay, why didn't we, so the moment the bank account falls under what you have planned for that month, uh, then you should really start questioning why that happened. And, uh, last thing here from a product angle, what main KPI do you look at regarding a product or usability metric? So we currently look at uh, daily active users as a percentage of um, yeah all all users on the platform, um, and that on a on a rolling average. Uh, so basically, that we can see how active are people, um, what are they doing there, obviously, and how does that relate to uh, how does that also change over the over the weeks? Because we found that it has to be some actionable thing. So if you release something new, you want to see that people di- that is direct impact on that KPI. Um, and then other than that, uh, I think it's, yeah, mostly what they do, but the, the KPI behind it is definitely daily actives. Great. Thank you for this. And, uh, goals, frameworks, company goals. We, we're, it's quite similar to the KPI areas. And now I want to fish here. Do you use OKRs? Do you use something else? Uh, what do you, what do you work for the framework on that yeah, company? So we work with, with OKRs. Um, on the so we have yearly objectives, which is the so we have basically three big objectives for the year 2022, and then we work with OKRs on a quarterly base. We define those OKRs on a we define one objective per quarter with key results uh, on the company level, and then the teams define their objective and key results on a team level. That's pretty much how we how we structured it. So there's now, I think, six teams, and uh, those six teams have each one objective and key results, which all count into the the company objective. You said yearly. Do you also do it on a monthly or quarterly basis? So we have we have the yearly overall ones, and then we do it on a we do quarterly OKRs. So the the, the objectives are basically set for every quarter. And then we do updates on those every two weeks in the in the Slack channel. And do you think it works good good with the OKR system, or have you tried something else too before? No, so OKRs help us focus. I think that's the that's the most important one. And actually, what we did last quarter, or actually for next quarter now, because we did the OKR session just two or three weeks ago. So what was really um, helpful for us was under, like having that OKR on a very or the objective really on a company level and then really thinking about what each team can do to achieve that or to to help that OKR to be achieved. And would you recommend this framework to other CEOs and founders out there or uh, I think it's definitely um, a very valuable one if you you have to be very strict about the types and the, the how you formulate it. So basically the key results always have to be something that you can really measure. Um, and it's definitely a learning process. So we we are doing it for, yeah, I mean, we've always worked with OKRs, but in Sastrify, we're about 18 months old as a company now. Uh, we've gone through different stages um, and we are, we are now about 100 people in various teams. So it's now definitely, it's always like, at the beginning, you have one set of OKRs. This is a re- this is a really fast growth. Yeah, then, people. <laughs> and now we're basically trying to split it to the teams. So basically, every quarter 
we have to readjust how we do it uh, because of the because of the growth. But that really helps us, um, yeah, focus. That's actually the most important one in in uh, in a company in that at that pace. Fantastic. Okay, Sven, you brought it up earlier. You talked about remote. So we are gonna move on to the topic regarding how you have structured your company uh, on a like. Is it remote only or remote first? That's actually a good question because I don't know the clear definition. I would say it's it's we don't so we don't have any company owned office. That's pretty much the 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 base layer. So everybody can work from everywhere. That's more or less the and there's no like hub where everybody comes together. That being said, we also enable our teams to work together in a co-working space um, and basically have them if they prefer to go to an office, uh, then they can they can rent a, a co-working space. But I and we have that that belief that it's just the future of work that everybody can work from wherever it's best for him or her. Uh, so I think that's kind of like how we think about it. And there's uh, that's how the company should operate. If there's then people co-locating, people working from the same spot, that's totally cool. And uh, we also bring people together for that. So we do a lot of offsites, do a lot of like team events. Um, but the the core of the company has to work remote. And th- th- this is a super interesting topic that me and my co-founder talks about a lot because we are also a remote, only remote first. Yeah, <laughs> like you say, it's quite hard <laughs> to define exactly a company. So, so follow on question here. What are your best practices to maintain a great company culture and build a great company culture when you are a remote company? I think it's the first and foremost hire the right people with the right mindset. And I think that typically means for us people who like to take a lot of ownership, who are yeah, basically confident that they can structure themselves and really be entrepreneurial about it. I think that is actually the most important one. And then it's a lot about artifacts and still um, not losing the fun in work. I think that's a big one because then you're only stuck in, in, in meetings and, and Zoom calls and whatsoever. Um, but uh, in, you're only talking business. So we're also trying to build artifacts where you can hang out, um, have a Friday beer, even if it's a virtual one, stuff like that really helps to, to foster culture there as well. And, and do, do things like that on a weekly basis or two times a week or a bi-weekly basis? How, how often is social, show, social virtual events? So what we do is we do a, a weekly checkout every Friday, which is every Friday afternoon, which is more on a social level. Um, and then we do weekly donut calls, which is you're basically randomly matched with one or two colleagues. Um, and then you have just half an hour where you talk about private stuff, get to know each other. Um, and that work, and that basically we do that once a week, um, with always like teams of two and three. And it's a, it's basically a Slack bot, um, that, that does that for us. So, so that's, that's really powerful. And then we do once a month, we do a virtual team event, which is a scavenger hunt or, yeah, we also had a gin making class or like gin drink making class. So there's, <laughs> there's various things you can do. And obviously faster by the last couple, the last two years more or less. But I think that works extremely well. And we also do uh, team events in a sense of on offsites where it's partially work and partially uh, fun. And then we do once a year, uh, we bring the whole company together uh, to just yeah celebrate for two or three days and get to know each other. So, okay, Sven, we don't have so much time left. Uh, what, what 
What would you say as an advice to me, but also to people who listen? What would you guide to focus on on a leading the company level going forward now, the upcoming six months? Because the upcoming six months will be quite hard for some companies. What would you say is the best advice here for me and anybody else to think of? Yeah, I think have a clear strategy um, and typically it's a mixture of business planning and financial planning. So what what do I want to achieve in that time? Uh, and at the same time, how will I fund the company unless it's, uh, it's running profitable anyways and being very conscious about that uh, and then really having a, yeah, a clear scenario planning. If A happens, then I might do B. But already having that, not discussing that once it's happened, but already thinking about now and ideally already the last two or three months, how will the rest of the next maybe, actually maybe 12 to 18 months look like, uh, especially in the in the fundraising environment. Great input. And uh, then I want to end this up with asking you, which two B2B socios would you like to listen to going forward? Whew. I think um, on the, I guess on the Nordic side, I think Jeppe from uh, Pleo would be super interesting um, on the spend management side. Yeah, also a Sasrify customer, so that's a that's a good one. Shout um, out to them. <laughs> um, and then, and, and, uh, and if you look on a, a Central European perspective, because th- this won't just be a, a Nordic Nordic podcast. Yeah, no, and then on a Central European perspective. Um, there's obviously the guys from Personio, which is, I think, just a super successful and maybe the successful SaaS company in Europe at the moment. Uh, so Hanno or somebody else from the team uh, might also be a very good fit there. Do you know them? Yes, they're also... Will, will you introduce me to them? I will, I will do my best to do that. <laughs> you should always ask. So, okay, Sven, uh, for everybody that's uh, been listening to you... Uh, but where can they follow you? Where can they get more inspiration from you? Which channels are at? Yeah, so typically it's uh, I'm I'm a really bad I'm really bad with tw- uh, Twitter, so I definitely recommend adding adding me on LinkedIn or just following Sasprify there uh, or me. Um, then that LinkedIn is probably the 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 best one to keep track of what we do. So Sven, thank you so much for taking thirty minutes to sit here and talk business with me. All the best to you. Thank you, Joseph. Same to you.